continuing being church series. Last time I spoke, eons ago, we talked about church as family. And we discussed, is that just a metaphor? Or what does Jesus mean by that exactly? And we kind of dug into that. And we discovered that, yeah, God actually intends to start a family, like a real one. So today, we are going to talk about church as kingdom. And what the heck does that even mean? What does it mean? We're actually going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about why churches talk about that in the first place. We're going to talk about what it means. Then we're going to talk about what will we do with what it means. So three things. Why do we talk about it? What is it? And what do we do with that? So without further ado, let's jump into why do we say that? Why do you go to churches or you hear at conferences and they're talking about the kingdom and building the kingdom and being the kingdom and kingdom people and a kingdom man or a kingdom woman or He's a giant in the kingdom. He's doing this for the kingdom. Well, I just want to let the cat out of the bag. Obviously, guys, we're talking about holy war. Okay? When we say kingdom, this is a subtle call to violence in the name of religion. That's, that is not true. No, not at all. But it's, this is a weird world. I know. Boo, you're ruining me. This is a strange world, man. You don't know what people are hearing when you say something. You know, because what you are trying to communicate may not be at all what someone is hearing. So I thought that I'd open with that because that is so not what we're talking about. In fact, of all the things that kingdom is, this is explicitly stated by Jesus as something that kingdom isn't. When Jesus was on trial and the Romans are asking him, hey, we hear you're a king. What in the world does that mean that you're a king? Jesus gives this answer. In John 18, 36, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Interestingly, John only mentions in the Gospel of John kingdom in three verses. And if we put these three verses together, we get a very interesting picture of the kingdom. Here we go. We're going to squish together John 3.3, John 3.5, and John 18.36 in a little bit of a mashup. Here we go. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you. That means, believe me. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting. My kingdom is not of this realm. So, a couple of things become apparent. One is... The surefire way that you can't spread the kingdom is through any earthly means. Like, violence never gets it. This is not going to be a sermon trying to rehash, like, the weirder, darker parts of church history. We're not going there. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Jesus is saying, look, this is something spiritual. This is something that has to do with another realm. You have to be born again. You have to be born of water. I believe that he's talking about the natural birth there. But also of the spirit. You have to be reborn. And from 2,000 years in the future, looking back after the resurrection, after the cross, we can realize, oh, he's talking about the renewal that comes when his Holy Spirit enters you and makes you a new creation. To us, it makes sense. But to the people Jesus was talking to, they were like, dude, like, what? Hold on, so you are a king or you're not? You're, you're building a kingdom or you're not? I, I'm still a little foggy on that. But his kingdom isn't of this world. The kingdom is complicated. Because it means more than one thing. 
But let's start by looking at how it's... Well, let's start by looking at how Jesus talks about the kingdom in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. First of all, it's primary. In Matthew, Matthew 4, 17, Jesus starts preaching. You've got the birth story and, you know, stuff like that. And finally, when Jesus begins his ministry, this is what it says he's preaching. Matthew 4, 17, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right in chapter 1 in the book of Mark, when it talks about what Jesus is preaching, it says this, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. What is that? He tells us. Jesus was saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And that Luke doesn't disappoint us either. After Jesus preaches, after Jesus does some miracles, people are looking for Jesus because he's doing some amazing stuff. Jesus sneaks away in the morning and gets some quiet time, and people follow him out, and they say, hey, you need to come back in this town because everybody's looking for you because you've been doing some amazing stuff. And Jesus gives us insight into what he sees himself doing. This is Jesus describing what he's about. And he says the same thing. I can't go back there. I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. For I was sent to this for this purpose. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. What is Jesus going around talking about all the time? It's the kingdom. You know, we're remarkably short in the Bible on verses that say, and Jesus got up and explained who he was. And Jesus got up and talked about how he was the Messiah and what that entailed. I mean, if you find that, let me know. But he talks about the kingdom a lot. Get on your Blue Letter Bible app that I push every week. Amen, hallelujah. And look up kingdom. And then limit your search to the New Testament. And you will be absolutely flabbergasted at scrolling page after scrolling page of kingdom references. Especially in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's astounding how much it shows up. Just in Matthew 13... Jesus tells some parables that say this about the kingdom. The devil and the world don't want us to understand the kingdom. At present, right now, there are pretenders in the kingdom that act and look like they're in it, but they're really not. The kingdom will start small, really small, but eventually the kingdom will grow really large and be life-giving. We also learn that the kingdom gains influence slowly, but eventually the kingdom's influence will be felt everywhere. We learn that entering the kingdom, when you find it, is more valuable than anything else in the world. And just in this chapter, we learn that wicked people will not enter it. There are all kinds of stuff about the teachings of the kingdom. And in Matthew specifically, I suggest you read Matthew. It is my favorite gospel. I mean, maybe you're not supposed to pick favorites, but... Me and Matt, we get along the best. <laughs> Jesus didn't preach himself. Jesus preached the kingdom. Why do we talk about the kingdom? Because we're talking about what Jesus talked about. And I'm not trying to get weird. I'm not trying to say the kingdom is more important than Jesus. That actually doesn't make any good sense because Jesus is how you get into the kingdom. Right. I remember years ago when Pastor Rizko came and was talking to us, he gave this amazing sermon about how Jesus was the beautiful gate. And I was just like, whoa, I never thought about that before. I love Nico, but Jesus is how we get into the kingdom. So the kingdom and Jesus are far from in conflict, but the fact remains, 
Jesus talked about the kingdom all the time. And that's why we talk about the kingdom. Make sense? Excellent. So, obviously you're thinking, Pastor Anthony had not told us even a little bit what the kingdom is. So, the sermon is called Church is Kingdom, so obviously the church is the kingdom, right? And I'm going to give you a solid yes and no and kind of. And I'm going to throw an ish in there, and I'm going to give you all the reasons why I'm saying that, and I'm going to try to make that mud clear right now. Let's imagine that you're in a foreign country, you're talking to someone in broken English, he asks you where you're from, and you say, Michigan, and they're confused. And they ask you, is Michigan the United States? And, and you would know what they meant, like, you know, are you a part of this country called the United States? So you might say, yeah, Michigan's the United States. And that would make sense to them, and that would make sense to you, too. But if you reverse it and say, well, is the United States Michigan? That's ridiculous. Because the United States is so much larger than this one tiny little region. So I would argue that in that way, is the church the kingdom? Well, yeah. Yeah, it is. But is the kingdom the church? Not exactly. Not exactly, no. And the first solid thing... I want to say about what it is for sure, we'll follow these four comical slides. Are you ready? Alright, here we go. We're going to play a mean game. So, don't say anything out loud until after the third slide. But imagine you had to caption these pictures with one word and make a mean. Imagine what that word might be. Are you guys ready? Everybody knows what a mean is? Are we good? I'm not looking at the dukes because they don't need the technology. No, I'm kidding. Right, here we go. Think in your head of what the meme caption would be. Does everybody see that? Those are those are Halo Spartans. Put in the George, George Washington cross in the Delaware thing. You got that? Okay, here's the next one. We got Chuck on this. Cut off, button down, jean shirt tucked in, but no buttons buttoned. Giving you a thumbs up. With a muscle car in the background, Yosemite Sam, hot dogs, an American flag, and a bald eagle flying by the red, white, and blue Les Paul guitar. You guys think we have a good caption for this? Alright, third one. This is my favorite. It looks like we have a founding father with a bandolier of grenades standing on top of a pile of rubble holding a minigun that should be mounted probably on an airplane, I'm guessing. With a bald eagle, a lighting on his arm, yeah. a giant flag behind him. Okay, we all got this? Are these pictures all different, yes or no? Yeah. Yes. But there is something very the same about all of them. They have an, they have an ishness, do they not? What's the caption? America! Everybody got it! America! All these different pictures have Americanness. Do they not? They're all completely different. Like, if you just saw one, you might not put it together. But all these different ideas have a similar concept. There's a, a thread running through them that's greater than the sum of its parts. This is the first thing I want to say about the kingdom. There is kingdomness. Now, it's based on what the kingdom is, but it, it is kind of a concept. I hate this movie. I watched half of it called Happy Feet. I really dislike it. Half of it turned it off. But they kept saying about the poor penguin that wanted to dance, and like, it's not penguin. It's just not penguin. Nope, can't do it, it's not penguin. That's the only reason they did this poor guy, right? Well, there are things that are kingdom, and there are things that are just not kingdom. They fall in line or they don't fall in line. That's the first thing I want to say. 
But Anthony, you've still not told us what the kingdom is. Look, this is a journey, okay? We're, we're getting there. You got like 40 more minutes? Alright. Some verses about what the kingdom is for sure. You can take these to the bank, they're in the Bible, this should clear up everything. Colossians 1, 14 to 15. For God rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. There we go. The kingdom is where you are. Jesus has transferred you there if you're a believer. Interestingly, in Acts 14, 22, Paul and Barnabas are going around encouraging the churches that they started, and they say this. Paul and Barnabas were strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Okay, so the kingdom is a place we're trying to get. This is all becoming clear, right? We're, we're getting it. It's good. All right. This is found in a lot of different places. But after Jesus tells his horrifying story of the judgment in Matthew 25, he says this about the people who will be judged favorably. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So the kingdom is your inheritance, no words. Also, interestingly, in Ephesians 5 5, Paul writes this For you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in kingdom of Christ and God. So, it's the place that your inheritance is waiting for you. How can all of these be true? How can you be in it? How can you need to struggle to enter it? How can it be your inheritance? And how can it be the place where your inheritance is waiting? All at the same time. And the answer is actually in the word kingdom itself. This word can have a range of meanings. And in fact, in the Bible, it's talked about in several different ways. Kingdom is both the rule of God and the sphere in which God's rule is fully and indisputably exercised. What is America? Is there Americanness in that picture with the founding father and the minigun and the American eagle? Yeah, but is that America? Is that a landmass? Well, no, it's America in a different way. But in a much different way than Michigan is America. There are larger ideas present in kingdom as well. We're going to explore what to do with that. Because there's a now and there's a not yet tension. We've heard about this a lot probably. But I'm going to give you just a little example of how this is possible with no contradiction. Is Jesus your Lord? If he's your Lord, that means he's your king. If he's your king, you are his subject. The Bible talks about belonging to Christ. It means you are under his rule. If you are under his kingship, then congratulations, right now, you are in God's kingdom. He's transferred you out of the kingdom of darkness, away from the authority and the rule of the devil, into the rule of his son, Jesus Christ. You are in the kingdom right now, in the sense of God's rule. But you may have noticed, is the world right now the place, the sphere, in which God's will is fully and indisputably Exercised? No. And the answer is not so much. Not so much. There is a realm coming in which God's will and God's will alone, with no other contenders for authority, will be fully and indisputably exercised. And that's why the Bible ends with statements like this from Revelations 11:15 and Revelations 12. 
Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world, the rule and authority, the spirits of the world's business is done, has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Revelation 12.10, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Was Jesus not the boss before? Yes, he absolutely was. But you may have noticed that he is not exercising his authority fully and indisputably. There are some people who want to dispute that authority. There are individuals, there are spiritual forces, and that time will come to an end when they are no longer able to stand against the good king. He's going to come back, he's going to set up shop, he will have no rivals. That's the kingdom that we're trying to enter into. And it'll take struggle to get through this life into that existence, into that realm. Does that make sense? There's not really a contradiction there. That's also our inheritance because we're God's children. And also that's where all of our rewards are waiting for. So we have inheritance in that kingdom. It's the kingdom itself and it's what the king has waiting for us in the kingdom. The kingdom is all of those things. I hope that's a lot of concepts, but I hope it clears it up a little bit. So we talk about it because Jesus talked about it. What is it? Well, it's God's rule itself. It's the sphere in which God's will is fully and indisputably exercised. And I would argue it's also a concept. It's not a kingdom. It's kingdom. There's a kingdomness that you can have. So what do we do? What do we do with that? If we have to talk about it, and I argue that we don't have to, we should, because Jesus talked about it a lot. And if we have a little bit of an understanding about what it means, how do we respond to that? And I think that there's one simple phrase, and God bless you guys for waiting in the seat and doing amazing. I would argue, well, let me give you a little background. I've got this professor that I actually don't like right now. And he's big on saying, Christians shouldn't talk about building the kingdom of God. We don't build anything. God builds his kingdom. Stop wanting to do God's job. I'm like, man, you got a real bad attitude about this phrase. Like, what's going on? He's like, all we do is receive it. We just receive the kingdom. I'm like, eh. No, not so much. The Bible doesn't really bear that out. Uh, it's a little bit lopsided because there is some stuff we have to do, and it's much more involved in receiving and actually much cooler. What we need to do is live it. We live the kingdom. Live it like it's absolutely all the way true right now as much as you can. This starts somewhere, and it starts where Jesus started. Repent. Mark 1. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God, and that gospel consisted of this. He was saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. We're closing. This is like the long, slow descent. I don't have one specific close. Like, all of this is the close. So we need to start here. Have you started here? What does that mean? Jesus is saying, hey, God's rule is imminent. He is about to set up shop. He's about to make this the sphere where his will is fully and indisputably done. His authority is coming. Repent. That word means turn around. Stop doing things the way that you've been doing them. Stop thinking the way that you've been thinking. And think in accordance with God's will. Think the right way. I would invite us all to start there. And if you haven't yet, please do it tonight. We have the rain team. We have the prayer team. We have me. Talk to somebody. Start your journey by turning from your way to God's way. The second thing I want to say about how we live the kingdom is by letting it influence your decision-making process. 
who knows about the whole, if you grew up in church and you're a church nerd like me, you've heard about the idol meat controversy in the New Testament. And anybody just me? Okay, me and Justin. Cool. All right, there's some other people who talk about some. So it's interesting to me. There was a lot of sermons preached on this. People are telling Paul, hey, we got some people eating some things that we don't think they should be eating. And we're not eating them, so we're better than them, right? This is an in or out issue, right, Paul? Right? Right? And Paul answers him and says this in Romans 14. If because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. He looks at that, and he's like, they're eating steak and they're not. He's like, that's not, it's not kingdom. It's just not kingdom. It's not a kingdom issue. You guys are totally missing it. You, you want to make a meme of a steak and write kingdom on it? Like, it's like a Toyota of America. You just missed the point all the way. He says, eating and drinking is not the kingdom, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. You are thinking about this decision wrong. It's not about if you can or if you can't. That's not the kingdom issue. The kingdom issue is how are you thinking about each other? How are you thinking about the decision-making process? Paul attacks that and says, that's what's wrong. And really, if you read the context, it comes to a conclusion where he's like, I don't really, I don't really give a crap if you eat the meat or not. He's like, that doesn't matter. But if I had my way, if I was causing somebody to stumble to the point that they were doubting their salvation because of what I was eating, he's like, I would just never eat meat again. Hashtag kingdom. Are you guys thinking about your decision-making process in a kingdom way? Repent to enter the kingdom. Let the kingdom be the basis for your decisions. And third, we can do kingdom stuff, and then there's some stuff that is just absolutely not kingdom stuff. And we have some lists in the Bible that it will be interesting to look at them in this context. Galatians 5, 19-21. The laundry list of things not to do and the kind of person you don't want to be. Is everybody still with me? Good. Here we go. This gets the hashtag, not kingdom. The deeds of the flesh are evident. That's your everyday, normal, sinful man. That's not the Holy Spirit driven man. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you. He's saying, and I told you once, and now I'm telling you twice, that the people who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those kinds of things don't belong under the rule of God. He absolutely wouldn't permit them. And in the sphere of His will being done perfectly and indisputably, those things aren't there. So if you want to do these things, you're not going here. Does that make sense? Because those things aren't here. And then he follows it up with how we should act. The fruit of the Spirit, lots of you guys could probably recite this, is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. You guys skip one, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus, who are under his kingship, under his rule, people who are in the kingdom, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Flesh, hashtag not kingdom. 
being led by the Spirit, all this stuff, that's the mean with kingdom. Does that make sense? Yep. Repent. We have to start thinking the way God would think about everything. Because we are the people who are under His rule. Start letting kingdom mindsets determine what your decisions will be. Think about the decision the right way. And then don't do non-kingdom stuff. And discipline yourself to be full of the Holy Spirit. And really, I mean, that risk looks fun, does it not? That risk would fit right in with skipping through a million of my slides and being like, oh, you know my checkover slide? And everybody laughs. Kingdom. Joy. Kingdom. Enjoying each other's company. Kingdom. All right? Not being furious with Shamrock. Kingdom. <laughs> Scariest verse in the Bible to Andrew. I'm gonna before I get there. We have to resist the urge to leave this sermon because we're all people. I would do it. Maybe you guys would do it. This is something I'd be tempted to do and say, okay, got got a list. I got a list of things that are kingdom, and I got a list of things that aren't kingdom. So I'm just gonna make sure I stay within the confines of the list, and then I'm good, right? Then I'm all in. But the Bible actually punches that right in the face too and will not allow it. Matthew 7, 21 to 23, to me, are the scariest verses in the Bible because they say that merely doing the right things is not enough. Merely doing what you think the king would like is not having a relationship with the king and doing his will. Does that make sense? Here's Jesus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all the right stuff? Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. But I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. Kingdom is also knowing the king. Jesus is the entry point of the kingdom. We need to know him. We need to be listening to him. This is part of what it means to keep in step, to keep in step with the Spirit. We have that ongoing connection, that relationship. It's totally important. You can't just pick some ideas or some things to do that seem spiritual enough to convince yourself and everyone around you that you're in. Scary. I will not attempt to resolve that moment. These are our jobs. Now that we have an idea of what the kingdom is, now that we know why the church talks about it all the time, this is how we live, okay? Our job is to demonstrate what it looks like to be citizens of God's kingdom. Our job is to demonstrate to each other and to the world what it looks like to live under the rule of God. And lastly, our job is to demonstrate what it looks like to live inside the sphere where God's will is fully and indisputably exercised. It's interesting that when Jesus would go around and do miracles and say the kingdom of God is coming near to you, he may have been referring precisely to himself. Because in his person, he's the only person that's ever done it, he was a sphere in which God's will was fully and indisputably done. And he's inviting all of us into that. We are succeeding or failing only to the extent that we are doing these things. If we can look at our lives and what we do and the decisions we make and our interactions with people and put a hashtag kingdom, good. If not, nothing else will save it. It doesn't matter if you're driving out of humans. Isn't that a horrifying verse? That's horrifying. 
I'm going to end with a challenge that Paul gave to the Thessalonians, and this is my close. And I'd just like us all to think about this. Paul says, you are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. That's Paul saying, everything I did when I was with you, hashtag kingdom. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you, urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. 1 Thessalonians 2, 10-12. I would invite us all to examine our everyday moments, Tuesday at 2.30 in the afternoon. And think about your life. If it was a meme, would the caption be kingdom or not? Thank you guys for sharing. Amen. Thank you.